0: The thing that kept people at Clemage is really no different than things that would keep people in any organisation. So it's it's understanding what the vision is, it's it's belief in that and respect for the leaders of the company and where they're going. And then it's a sense that people are valued so that they can contribute to that, so that their contribution is meaningful and it's valued. Now the thing, the trick with this is that you you sell someone the the, the the, the, the dream of being part of being a, a great agency. And then when they start, particularly the junior level, it takes a while to work their way up to into a position whereby they're contributing. So, so, so the challenge for the agency was to sort of... Is, is to nurse people up through their career journey so that they feel that they are progressing, they feel that they are valued, and that they feel that they can contribute.
1: Real People is produced by Square Holes, an agency conducting and publishing customized explorative research on key consumer markets, customers, and population segments. Square Holes also provides associated consulting and support to ignite positive business and social behaviour change. Visit SquareHoles.com for more. Radio, hello there. My name is Jason Dunstone and welcome to Real People where we interview average and not-so-average people, academics, researchers and leading thinkers to help us better understand what real people believe and how they behave. Today we are joined by Kim Boehm, 40-year Clemager Advertising Group executive and legend. Kim is also currently chairman of the Australian Dance Theatre, a role he has held for the past six years. You can find Kim's blog, his musings about his recent semi-retirement at thenwhatblog.com, so T-H-E-N-W-H-A-T-B-L-O-G.com. Kim has held key roles from account management to managing director, executive chairman, executive director, and most recently, director of talent management and marketing across the Clemenger Group. He also spent within that sort of time and within his career two years as MD of YNR Melbourne, We sat down for a couple beers at the Temperance Hotel on Chapel Street in Melbourne for a great chat. Please excuse the funky pub background music. Sit back, relax and listen to Kim's insights into building a strong creative culture in this ever-changing and transient workforce and much, much more. Let's not waste a moment. On with the show. Hit it. That's what I'm talking about. Wait. Wait. Okay now, from the beginning. Alright, thanks uh, for joining us today, Kim. We're in the Temperance Hotel in Chapel Street in Melbourne, so we're having a beer. So I think it's the first. We've had, we've had a wine in one episode, but we've never had a beer. So there we go. Good, okay. good for you. that. So I'm going to start off right back at the beginning, like I do with all of these. Yep. What were you like as a kid? Or what were you like when you were about eight? Can you remember way back? Uh i have oh. got a blog now writing about like what it's like. I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, it's
0: like a yeah, kid. Yeah. No, I had a good childhood. I mean, we we had, a, we had a big family, so we had five children, and grew up by the beach in Adelaide, um, in what, Brighton, yeah. in Brighton. So, I mean, you know, I mean, my memories of you know being a kid revolve around school holidays and you know uh, days down at the beach during summer and. Uh, you know like uh, cricket and footy and uh, yeah. it was just yeah we we it was good you know guy Fox Day I mean it course which, yeah. you, which you can't do now but it was uh, yeah it was good fun yeah, yeah
1: yeah what do you
0: remember
1: at guy Fox Day I I, I grew I, I, agree. I, I travelled a lot growing up and we, we spent a bit of time in Tasmania. I think it had been outruled everywhere else in the yeah. mainland of Australia but Fonceston yeah, yeah. and Tassie could go. Was, yeah, yeah. I'm sure I was in primary school and we, we were able to go down to the shops and buy
0: Yeah, buy yeah, yeah, I remember there was a shop opposite the school I think it was a barber shop and uh, about a month before uh, Guy Fawkes Day they'd start stocking up with, uh, with crackers and, uh, yeah, yeah. and yeah you'd save up and save up and save up and save up and of course you had to not spend all your money at the Royal Show in September so you had enough left over to buy your uh, fireworks for November and yeah. uh, so we uh, yeah we, we would all the because there were four boys and the four kids so four boys so be so f- one, well, yeah, one, one of a four five, boys, one yeah one of five yeah four boys one girl so yeah, okay. it was uh, it was a bit rough and tumble and uh, uh, yeah there was a you know a few letter boxes in the neighborhood that uh, you know got blown up and all of the usual things that happened with kids and fireworks and um, and yeah look I guess you can't do it today but it was it was good fun
1: yeah, where do you sit in the the four kids? Three. Five, I'm in the middle. Five kids? Yeah. I'm
0: in the middle. Yes, yeah. number three. So, yeah. I was. Uh, with, uh, there wasn't supposed to be five kids. Mum just kept going for a girl. So I was clearly a disappointment. Uh, yeah. She'd already picked the girl's name Kim, but yeah. stayed with it. Yeah.
1: And, you, and your sister is the youngest. She's
0: so? no. She's actually the fourth youngest, fourth. and then one more came along. Yeah. I don't think you was supposed to. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So what does it mean being the third child? You kind of find you get. Stuck in the middle, oh, I don't
0: know. We were we were always close in age, and um, I, I was never, you know. I think in my mother did a pretty good job of making all the kids feel like they were the favourite, and uh, so we never had too many of those issues about, you know, like pecking orders and things like that. So, yeah, I don't know what it means. It was it was fine though. Yeah, yeah. it was fine.
1: Were you a studious kid? Uh Curious kid not
0: really I don't think so no I don't Um, think so I I wasn't really uh, studious I mean I I mean I was an average student Um, you know I uh, did okay and certainly did okay in the subjects that I enjoyed but I struggled really with the sciences you know I was no good at maths and physics and chemistry and algebra and I mean those biology was okay but the other sciences were a mystery to me and um. so I kind of went through school without really quite knowing what I was going to do for most most part yeah
1: do you look at bits of yourself now or your career and go back to your child and go that that was me then and it's kind of stayed with me throughout my life it's sort of it's uh, like a personality trait or a, something that
0: you I don't think so I mean I, I, I so. um, no I don't I, I don't think so I mean I I don't I mean, I suppose you know. I am. I think men are more nostalgic than women, and men do tend to look back yep. more. And men do. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, so. Okay. That's why we've got trophy cabinets, yeah. and, and women don't. <laughs> but um, no, I don't. I don't know that I I can look back at that. It's mean, such a long time. Such yeah. a long time ago. I'm 66, <laughs> mate. I can. I, I can't remember back that far. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. So when when did you did you leave school and go into, you, into well, no, uni I had, or go into I, advertising? I had, a,
0: I had a slightly strange start into advertising. I was in my last year of school, so year 12, Yeah, but I'd started the year about a month late because I'd had an illness. I'd been in hospital, and it was an infectious illness, so I wasn't in a bad way, but I couldn't go to school, which I wasn't unhappy about, but anyway, so I eventually got there, and um, And I'd only chosen to do the five minimum subjects I needed to pass year 12. And anyway, after about... uh, I I struggled to catch up with maths, particularly, and after about a month, my maths teacher said to me one day, he said, look, I I think you'd be better off going to the library during maths lessons rather than coming to my class because he said, you're wasting your time and you're wasting my time. So... I said, "All oh, right, okay. So, what will I do in the library?" And he said, "If I was you, I would go to the careers section and start reading, because you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think you might, I think you might need <laughs> okay. to make a choice sooner rather than later." Yeah. So I went to the library and um, I went to the careers section, and I started the day. Yeah, and uh, picked up a book on advertising. So this
1: is a section in the library, just it's just, just a school screen. library. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So, yep. When the next, when it was time for the next maths lesson, I, I went to the library and um, picked up a book on advertising, and uh, it, it it was a David Ogilvy sort of Madison Avenue USA book in it. But it sort of said if you if you enjoy English and you enjoy art, then this isn't a, this isn't a bad way to make a living. Yeah. And look, I had I had wondered, you know, in the final years of school. Whether something you know in advertising, it had, come, it, it had crossed my mind, but I didn't know anybody in advertising. Yeah. What did and your parents do? My father was a lawyer, and yeah. my mother was a social worker. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and there was so there was no no one we knew worked in advertising. So, yeah. anyway, so I thought, look, I think that's what I'll do. And in those days, there was there was 1.3 percent unemployment. I mean, you didn't worry about getting your job. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you just thought, "What job will I do?" Yeah, so, okay. and also in those days, you didn't need a university degree to work in advertising. Mm, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, there was a marketing studies diploma, which I later did, but that that wasn't a prerequisite. I mean, you applied, as I did, you applied for a junior role as a message boy, in my case. Um, and then, you know, I got the job. So yeah. th- that's what started my career Where did you – where was your first so job? So it was in John Martin's, the department store. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And it was as a, a message boy in the advertising department. Yeah. So they had a an in-house – That was probably
1: the largest department store in Adelaide at the time, Well, it was, was Johnny's
0: and Meyer and DJ's, um, uh, you know, Harris Garth's, Cox Floyd's. And in those days, the each of them they, – they did their own advertising. Mm. They didn't pick up the national advertising. So – in in Meyer's case, they had an advertising department. In David Jones' case, they had an advertising yeah, department in Adelaide. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and I mean, Johnny's was using an agency to do some of the television. It was sort of early days of retail television, yeah. but their main dependency was catalogues and uh, and and press advertising. So, yeah. you know, ads in the ad, the news as it was yeah. then, and the advertisers. So, there was a department of about thirty five people, and. And I was the message boy, so just run errands and deliver yeah, okay. proofs around the store and get buyers to check them and things like that.
1: Yeah. yeah. So when did you go into an, an agency? So did, did you stay there for a while and yeah, so I and stayed at
0: Johnny's for uh two or three years and um actually then I took a job out of advertising with the South Australian National Football League. Yeah. Um and, and sort of in a marketing publications, promotions type role and that was good fun, but After, you know, five, six years there, I thought, look, actually, I really kind of think I want to get back into advertising. So I then turned my attention to trying to get back into an agency. And um, it took a little while because um, by that stage, you know, I'm competing with people five, six years on on into their career. And um, it was a bit hard for them to pigeonhole me coming back out of working for the football league to Mm. come into an agency. But eventually a small agency uh, run by a guy called Phil Mayer, who is no yep. longer with us, but Phil gave me a, gave me a job. And yep. um, I worked with Phil for a while and then uh, Cleminger in Adelaide offered me a job and I moved to Cleminger. Okay.
1: And so, okay, and then that was, your, your, how many years at Cleminger's? I was in
0: Clemenger in Adelaide for, I think, 14 years and yeah. then moved to Melbourne. With yeah. Cleminger in yeah. Melbourne. And then the next 14 years were in Melbourne. I then moved back to Adelaide and had another nine years with Cleminger in Adelaide yeah. as the managing director and then moved back to Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, so five years ago, yeah. yeah.
1: So what, my is not serving me now, but what, what does that work out to in total? Well, at Cleminger? Yeah.
0: All up, it's over, it's like 35 years or something. I mean, more than yeah. I want to admit to, yeah. Um, <laughs> so... Um, a long time. But, I mean, in different, in different agencies, in different states, yeah. in different roles. Um, so, I kind of... I know it, it, it's absurd to, uh, you know, for anyone young now starting work to think that they would work somewhere for 35 years. But
1: what does it mean to work for an organisation, whether well, it's Clemages or whether, whether it's anyone, to work for an organisation for 35 well, years? Well,
0: I, so. I, I feel like, for me, it, it, it worked out. You mm. know, like, I, I, I mean, there's obviously you have good days and bad days and you have good years and, you know, years that aren't as good. But, but I, 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 I like I the company. I mean, they are essentially a family. I mean, it, they're 75% US-owned now, but they essentially still run along the lines of a family company and um, and they, you know, they, the views always there at Clemenger always was if we're doing good work... Then everything else should be all right. Yeah. Um, okay. And and you know the and and by and large that's the ethos that mm. that that we all sort of fell in love with and um, and I, I I just feel that staying there I mean other people came and went so my circumstances changed the people I worked with changed the clients came and went and all of that so there was change but I was able to enjoy change yeah. within the one company. Um, and As to say, I know that's it's different now. I know, and that people don't set out with the expectation of working at one company for that time. And I'm not suggesting yeah. they should either. Um, but it just it it. it I, I was fortunate. Yeah.
1: yeah. Is that an, nowadays? I talk about building a culture and having shared values, and and it's, it's it um was a culture eats strategy for dessert and all of that kind of um discussion. Is there I, I guess for you alignment of values is that or is it just yeah, it's I, just there or there was no reason to leave I guess yeah,
0: so this is this is really one of my the, the things that I wonder about now about the like advertising agencies in the future or any business in the future that we culture I think is is built through people working together and winning the battles together mm. so you you work on campaigns and like in the case of an advertising agency you work on campaigns or you pitch for new business or you you go through the you, you know you you go through the battles together and you get to know each other and culture's built i mean you know having a drink at the bar and going to the christmas party is part of it of course but really where you form your connections at work and where the culture comes from it's from the work you do together and so what i wonder about now is when people come and go so quickly is how the culture can be built, so and formed. I mean, what the culture of the company is, because you know it's not unusual for advertising agencies to have turnover of say forty percent. So you know, in the space of two years, I mean, everyone's changed, and um, and so and so and so. How does how do those connections get built, and where does the culture come mm. from? I do think it's a challenge.
1: Yeah, but in agency world, I the the, the the um, the turnover. It, I guess my observation from obviously we, we work with agencies, but we are certainly removed. Is oh it probably happens in other forms of agency too, not just advertising. That um, you lose an account team, people have to go. So there's a degree of you're part of it but if, yeah. if if financially we can't sustain that then we, we have to kind of restructure or we have to change that so yeah. it's Just, so that changes as well so I guess it relies on yeah. having an, an agency that yeah. can weather those storms and, yeah. and has a big enough client base is that yeah.
0: yeah 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 and I think I was for I mean that did happen from time to time in my career that you know you lose a piece of business and you have to look at the your, your headcount things like that but it, it never happened to the extent that it was it, it decimated us yeah. or or, or completely sort of um, change the culture of the business. But um, it is – I mean, the I, I, the other thing about agencies is that it the success depends on people working together. Mm-hmm. And again, I, 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 when you know each other well uh, in a work sense, that's just mm. so much easier to achieve. I mean, you've got six people around the table and you all know one another and you know what you can bring to the discussion. But – again when people are turning over quickly and every time you have a meeting there's someone new in the meeting mm. it's just so much more difficult for that yeah that's right
1: but and, and i guess indiv- like when you build when it's done well and in a culture, I, I'm, I'm assuming the facebook's of the world and the the googles and um i'm sure people come and go but by and large they're, they're trying to build a culture and a, so people don't don't want to don't want to leave because they want to, want yeah. want to remain part of it but to me, it's sort of, I guess, one one reason you don't leave a culture is you feel like you've invested so much into that yeah. to help build it and yeah. help build yourself and you know, that, you know where it's coming from, so you don't want to start again going somewhere else where it's quite yeah. a different culture. Yeah. Um, I guess that's the sort of challenge. And I wonder if the other one, I don't know, maybe it's hard for a younger person to sort of say whether they're going to stick around or not because <laughs> they're only relatively new in your career. Like, you look back and go, you probably didn't assume you were going to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's, that's
0: right, and and they don't necessarily assume that they're going to have that same career uh, because they do, as you know. I mean, you know that they move around and and, and their their careers kind of change more than they did mm. in out in my time. Um, and that's yeah, you know, that's fine too. I understand that. Um, it's just uh, I guess it's just how businesses are going to adjust and adapt yeah. to a, a, a much more transient workforce. Yeah.
1: But I wonder if like, with a lot of the brand work we do, and it comes into the same thing within um, into employer culture, I guess, is that there's, there's reducing levels of trust. So if you don't – or we don't trust your brand sometimes, but if you don't trust your employer, you feel like they're not treating you right, you, you, you will kind of move on. So I yeah. guess it's knowing how do you – I guess a challenge for, like, the, the discussion around employer brands is becoming more of a more of a topic, but it's, yeah. it's really about going, how do you build up a, a trust within your your yeah. team so they feel like they're valued, even when, at time, from time to time, you need to let some staff go. Is that, yeah. is that fair?
0: Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I think the employer brand, I mean, in an age of social media, I mean, people talk. They'll talk about the experiences they have at work, and they'll, you know, they'll, They'll they'll post about that. They'll go onto the sites like Glassdoor or whatever, and they'll and and they'll you know if they were unhappy, you know, you know they'll say so. Um, so I think in, you know the employer brand thing is it's interesting because I I kind of feel like that 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 there's only so much that an employer can actually control the way mm. their brand is seen. But it's just it's gonna it just comes back to you know that that people know more quickly what the reality is and, mm-hmm. uh, and what a place is like to work out and what that experience is like. They can find that out. Um, if they don't enjoy it or they don't trust it, they should go. Of course they should. Yeah. Um, but, um, uh, I, yeah, I, I guess they, maybe, they don't, maybe when they start there, they don't go through the same deep thought process about making that decision because they actually don't expect to be there for that long. Um, yeah, they're okay. always thinking about leaving before they start. Before they start, yeah. Okay.
1: So this is just a stepping stone to yeah, my yeah, next Yeah, bit, so yeah. So I think
0: in a lot of cases it doesn't matter, particularly at the junior level. I the think they, they think, oh well, I'll give it a try, and if it doesn't work, I'll move on. And mm. uh, I guess as you get more senior and you're making those decisions more carefully around your career, perhaps it matters a little bit more then, um, because you know you obviously I think you do get to a point where you. You recognise that you 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 want to kind of make your mark, and you're assessing you know your best opportunity to do that. Yeah. But yeah,
1: are you still working with Cleminges at all? Are you retired? No, oh, I'm not. Out? I'm yeah, doing.
0: Yeah. A, uh, I'm in touch with some of the guys there, and uh, uh, you know, help, kind of mentoring. You know. Uh, one of the people there but I, I'm not doing anything formally for them, yeah. no.
1: So your, was it last 10 years or so, would have been in, involved in culture and... Yeah, but last five years last five it was years. in a
0: role to do with kind of uh, talent, uh, people development and talent and uh, recruitment um, and, uh, yeah, things kind of a, that a, at a at a group level across, you know, each of the, all of the 30 companies. So, so, so helping all of the companies kind of come together and... Um, Work together around some of those issues to do with
1: does yeah. so that does that come back to things like is that is that problem solving is that finding the the right people to fit the culture is it a, yeah. probably all of the above look, I look, guess I, uh, recruiting some... the right the, the best people is there? yeah
0: yeah look definitely definitely I mean in an agency you know they're only the agency only as good as its people and I mean historically Clemenger was fortunate that it could it was fairly easy to attract good people because. The agency had a good reputation, and it was—you had—it was—it was a large agency, and did good work, and had good clients, and so it could attract good people. But in the last, you know, five to ten years, that's become more difficult because there are so many more competitors. I mean, there are people who, with digital, exper- you know, expertise, for mm. example, who might feel that they can actually uh, uh, reach their potential uh, better by working at a bank or you know, an yeah. insurance yeah. company. Okay. Yeah. Or uh, you know, or rather than working in advertising agencies. so you know the 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 sphere of companies that we needed to compete with became larger, yeah, and, larger and larger and yeah. larger. So so that became challenging, and um, we, we you know we were constantly kind of kind of addressing the issue of how do we attract the best talent. So so that's one issue, but then of course the other issue is how do you keep them once you've got them, mm. and so the issue of turnover. And all of the things that, that, that come with that. So, you know, morale, staff engagement, performance, you know, feedback, training and development, uh, incentives, um, all of the issues that go with uh, with turnover have been issues that the group and the companies have been wrestling with over the last, you know, particularly five years, definitely, yeah. Yeah.
1: So if we look at the the attraction side, and I'm not sure who it was, but somebody I was speaking to recently was talking about, oh, if you went back a couple of decades ago, you get the, the brightest, most creative people went into advertising because a was a clear vocation for people who have got a creative mind or a, yeah, a, a yeah. view of that side. But then as, as we've got to talk about entrepreneurship and yeah, technology right. yeah. and people start going, well, I can do advertising yeah. or I can go into tech or I can yeah, go into right. entrepreneurship. So how do you... How do you attract those people that I guess I'm assuming fit your values, but also are the best, best and brightest? To um... yeah, it's look,
0: it's a, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, there. Are, look, it's, there's not one answer. There's a lot yeah, of answers, yeah. but but it's also not it's not something that's ever going to be solved. I mean, it's an ongoing challenge. Um, so, I mean, obviously within the category, you've got to do good work, and you've got to be have good clients, and you've got to. Be known as a place that's going to look good on someone's CV. Mm. So you've got to first, you've got to compete within your category, and then you've got to be able to sort of somehow compete with with the sort of the new competitors as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, so that's a matter of getting into the universities and you know t- trying to sort of you know being there present on career days and you know guest lectures you know having guest lectures at universities and talking about you know, advertising and communications is a career. Um, You know, it's about the profile of the business. It's all of those things um, that, you know, we just kind of have to do. It's also about, this is sort of a category job about advertising, which I think is a bit of interesting at the moment because, you know, I mean, it's, (laughs) I don't think it has quite the same attraction, you know, in a simple sense, that it used to. I mean, it used to be that, you know, it was seen as a sort of a place that you could creatively express yourself and have a pretty good career and have a bit of fun along the yeah. way. And it still is. But I don't think advertising commands the same respect as a career mm. that it perhaps used to because, I mean, frankly, you know, there's just so much, there's so much poor advertising. In the you know out and about, and and advertising has become so easy to avoid for Mm. consumers that we don't have a captive audience anymore. And there's so many different places that the clients have to kind of consider Mm. placing their advertising that it's just sort of spread everywhere. It's dissipated to a large extent. It's also largely ignored. Um, you know, particularly on free-to-air uh, television. Mm. Um, and so the challenge is, you know, w- how does advertising still command attention to itself? Yeah. yeah. And, as a, and then as a knock-on effect from that, how does it therefore attract good people, you mm. know, who who are kind of interested in, in being part of that?
1: Yeah. And tre- I'm, I'm assuming if you're talking about universities, you're trying to attract people that the best and brightest who maybe hadn't really thought about like what their direction might be, how they use their kind of their, their intellect or their powers. So it's almost been able to stand out and say advertising is that that thing. It's, it's interesting There's, I remember writing something and I was something about trusted different categories and advertising was a fairly fairly bit down the list, but it's probably more a bubble of perception about what advertising actually yeah, is yeah. and as as you're saying the cheap and cheap and nasty ads on T V yeah. get clumped into the, the good advertising and yeah, it's, just, it's yeah, all just it's, seen as a great big thing, isn't it? That's really? right. I mean,
0: because the awful thing is the, the there's only two sorts of advertising you remember, the very good or the very bad. And it, it is terrible that people might just, you know, look at a Harvey Norman ad or and, and think, well, you know, or a JB Hi-Fi ad and think, you know, that, well, why would I do that? And, you know, indeed, why would you? But, um, I mean, you know, at its best, of course, I mean… I mean, it is still uh, there. Is still some wonderful, wonderful creative work mm. to be done, and um, you know, it still plays an essential role. You know, in you know, in building a brand, yeah. you know, and then keeping your brand on brand. Yeah, and you know, so I mean, there is still beautiful work being done, um, and it, uh, and I, you know, so there's absolutely still a place yeah. for professional satisfaction and creative satisfaction. Yeah and intellectual stimulation within the advertising industry, definitely. Mm.
1: So, Do you find yourself, I guess, when there's somebody that maybe hadn't thought about advertising, how do you, like, I guess, you, like, I didn't. I didn't want to go into marketing, I don't want to go into advertising. Do, do you, can you use words like innovation in what you're doing at a creative
0: agency? Yeah, I think so. And also, I mean, I mean, advertising is changing and, I mean, the whole sort of um, – I mean the kind of data-led environment that we now live in, and the uh, and, and and the possibilities that become possible through technology, and uh, and, and sort of you know like um, you know the the, on, the sophistication of online marketing. I mean, they, there are plenty of challenges in that for people who want to innovate and mm. be at the leading edge of that, um, and experiment, um, you know, and um, and also become. I guess, become the new leaders of, of of where this is all going.
1: Yeah, yeah. So what what do you see as the, the, those main kind of innovation areas? Oh, it's really about bringing it all together, isn't it? Technology yeah, I think it's, and... Yeah,
0: I, like I think we used to have a captive audience yeah. and uh, as I said earlier, they would essentially, you know, you you could run ads on television and in the movie on a Sunday night and you pretty much knew that you were going to get to most, most people. But obviously today we don't have a captive audience. We have an audience that is largely avoiding us and so... The challenges are to be able to, to find ways to be so good that you engage those people, yeah. that they come to you, that they that they value what it is that you've got to say, and that they respect you for the way you say it. Yeah. And if you're good enough, and the work is clever enough um, and insightful enough, you can still do that. I mean, you know, data does allow us to target more specifically, um, but that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And um, as long as we don't get lazy with that if I mean if if you know if if people know that I'm looking to buy uh like a new iPad and 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 therefore target me but you know by telling me where I can buy it and so forth well okay that's fine that's that's sort of talking to me about something that they know is in my mind but beyond that you know, marketing and advertising still needs to be clever. It needs to be uplifting, yeah. and inspiring, and, yeah. and engaging. And yeah. It needs to, and it needs to, you know, it needs to leave with you, um, you know, that strong impression about the brand. Mm. I, wonder, I,
1: I guess this is—I'm I'm not sure if it's something that a, a group like Clems might talk about, but the term creative agency to me offers such potential um, in terms of people who are looking to be creative or innovative to, to be able to looking for creative people who are looking for ways of creatively solving the world's problems yeah. but I guess creative agencies typically is coming back to an advertising sort of sales issue yeah. do, you, do you find that the, the, whether it's the Clems group or or other groups are, are changing what what the definition of a, a creative agency actually is so you hear about groups in the US like IDO and whatever yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah sure the, 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 yeah look I, we, we uh yes the, that
0: that is it, it's a it's it's a topic that the agencies talk about a lot and it's and they they do do some things in that space i mean they do things like you know siphoning off time for people to sort of experiment creatively or to or to create things without a brief or to create ideas that we can monetize um but the truth is that uh there's not a lot of time for that. Most of the time does get taken up mm. with responding to, a, you know, like a, a client brief that we're being paid to to work on. Um, and I mean, there's also a lot of thought going into how the organisation, w- what is a creative organisation, and mm. how does it operate. I mean, IDEO that you mentioned in the yeah. US is an entire business built around the culture of brainstorming, and it's a that's right. you know, It's a brilliant. You know, it's a brilliant business model, um, and I look. I, I would say in, in agencies, you know, like half of what we do is still sort of about the process and the procedure and the project management and the detail and the the sort of things that just need to be done, and mm. the other half is about the you know the kind of creativity that and and look in in so far as. Um, Agencies provide those opportunities. For good people, there will be the opportunities to express themselves creatively, definitely.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um yeah, that's interesting. So when when you get to retaining stuff, you talked about how do you like what are the things you've found that work and don't work? I don't want to sort sort of in training. Yeah, in, in retaining, retaining, oh, retaining. Retaining stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um look, um it's um I think the thing mainly is uh it's funny, the things that we, we, cause we would, because we would do interviews with that. We would do exit interviews on an ongoing basis and then we would do interviews with people that actually chose to stay as well and we could compare those. And the thing is, the, the thing that kept people at Clemage is really no different than things that would keep people mm. in any organisation. So it's, it's understanding what the vision is, it's, it's belief in that and respect for the leaders of the company and where they're going. And then it's a sense that people are valued so that they can contribute to that, so yeah, that okay. their contribution is meaningful and it's valued. Now, the thing, the trick with this is that you, you sell someone the, 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 the dream of being part of being a, a great agency and then when they start, particularly the junior level, it takes a while to work their way up to into a position oh, okay. whereby yep. they're contributing. Yep. So... So so the challenge for the agency was to sort of is, is to nurse people up through their career journey so that they feel that they are progressing, they feel that they are valued and that they feel that they can contribute. Now what does happen unfortunately is is that the the peop- people today are in a hurry and, and you do you know, the agencies do lose people who who feel as if, you know, they would say, Look, I just didn't feel like the work that I was doing was meaningful, mm. so that would be the biggest yeah, kind okay. of cause of you know of. Turner. Is that
1: impatience, or is that is that just they didn't feel like they were being recognized well, enough?
0: I think it's a combination of impatience, but it's also a combination of the agencies and the businesses not uh, recognizing quickly and clearly enough that that this is a, this is the responsibility that the business has to to quickly engage their people and and help them. Do really meaningful work, so it's challenging. It's it's not easy, and mm. uh, um, and you know I, I empathise with the businesses trying to do it because they understand what the problems are and they're trying mm. to address it. But it's it's not always easy. Yeah. Um, and you know, like I, I still, you know, there's probably two in ten hires that you that are wrong. Yeah. So twenty percent of the people that are being hired probably shouldn't be. Yeah. Despite all of they, the best, they,
1: they, they um, interviewed well. And yeah, they yeah, or spring, yeah. It was, or, yeah, or whatever it was,
0: or you know. But um, uh, so I would say that um, you know, if your turnover is forty percent, you know, probably twenty percent is okay, mm. uh, and probably the other twenty percent you don't want to lose. Um, yeah. And they're the ones that you need to be able to recognise quickly the stars. Yeah, you do need to be able to pick the people who you think have got potential. Mm. And now, that, and that can only happen through. Their managers, yeah. So the businesses need to have managers who are empowered to, you know, to to performance mm-hmm. monitor their people and encourage so them and motivate them. Top ten
1: percent, more ten percent, Move, move yeah, the bottom ten percent on, and
0: I think yeah. the thing is, it's perhaps in in a it, you know, like if the business, for example, you know, for the sake of simple arithmetic, if you if there's a hundred people in the business, it's probably the top thirty people. We've got to take responsibility for the next seventy people. So, and you know, you think about that. If if each of those thirty people had responsibility for two or three people, then you know, then everyone in the business has got is being looked after. Yeah. Okay. So share, sharing that leadership, quickly recognizing leaders, uh, empowering them, and then getting them to engage with the rest of the yeah, people. yeah. Just just yeah. watching
1: how they work. And, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. We do some work about. Oh, geez! About ten years ago, now about recruiting, retaining—the the terminology was Gen X and Y. But that was when Gen X were were a bit younger. Um, but the two things that came up were about um, people left because they, they didn't respect their manager anymore. Yeah, that was kind correct. of the big one. And one thing that came up that I thought was quite interesting, and it's like nowadays you look at LinkedIn and it talks about sort of training. But that the, the tr- what was it? Training was good to um, what was it? Good for satisfaction. Bad for retention.
0: Yeah, I think think one of the
1: things that came up is sort of people. It's
0: it's a really interesting thing because training and development always comes up. Now, given the pace of change in our industry, the agencies have to train people because you know, I mean, it's otherwise you know we're we're going to kind of quickly slip behind. So there is some skills training that's absolutely necessary. But the funny thing is, you know, you would say to people, um, you would offer people training. But then they wouldn't participate necessarily. They wouldn't do it. Yeah. Um, you would make it available to them online yeah. and they would drop out of the course or you would organise sessions and people would not turn up. And so I think it's a bit like it's the answer you sort of people, I don't know, it feels like the predictable answer, but I don't know necessarily. Uh, I'm used the old saying that if you don't train people, uh, what is it? No, if you yeah, if you don't train people, they'll they'll uh, leave. Oh, hang on, you've got to train people to stay. But if you don't train them, they'll leave. Mm. Actually, you erased all that. I've fucked that up completely. But anyway, this. What, I, the, I, I know what quote and I can't yeah, think the, of it yeah, either, yeah, Kim. Yeah, so that, that's fine. Yeah, if I, you don't train them, they'll stay. If you do train them, they'll leave. That's yeah. that was the yeah. quote. And the thing is, like, if you do train them. Yeah, they will probably still leave, and the people that have a real appetite and thirst for training are the people that are investing in themselves, and Mm. they're growing, and they're getting on, and so there is absolutely no guarantee that they'll stay when you train Mm. them, and so training is not a retention thing, but you know the thing is, you need people to be at their best when they're with you, Mm. so if they're only going to be with you for two years, okay, But you want them at their best for two years, Mm. and if training them is is part of them being at their best for that time, then it's still worth it.
1: Yeah. So what's what's good training? What's a good way? I'm sort of thinking there's different ways of doing training, and I think
0: on the job training.
1: Yeah, on the job. Without a doubt, the
0: best training is the on the job training. Yeah. I mean, you know, kids come through university and they get a degree, and that's terrific, and it gives you an indication of their. Uh, you know, of their aptitude and their ability to study and their intellect and so forth, which is great. But when they get into the workforce, it's all different. Um, and so the the best training is the on-the-job training. I mean, it's to be able to kind of work with people as they work through problems and projects and then, you know, you know, talk to them about that experience and what worked and what didn't work and what would they do next time. And, yeah. you know, those lessons that you learn from people giving you uh, immediate and, and, you know, and direct feedback too. Yeah. And and it's, sometimes it's really hard to do that. It's hard to give people direct feedback because it can be quite personal mm. and it can be confronting. But there's no doubt at all that, in my mind, that, you know, 80% of the training, the value of it is on-the-job training. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, I, and I've seen that training comes back to – the best training sort of fits with that organisation and that organised vision, vision. Obviously, the, the individuals uh, contributing towards that kind of that, that vision, but it's it's not kind of spasmodic training just to kind of pick up on the latest fads or whatever. It's yeah. it's, it's coming I, back to a core. And yeah,
0: and there's a bit of that, of course. Um, you know, a bit of like lunchtime sessions and all that sort of thing. But um, but look, I don't know. Look, anyone that anyone that knows how to Google could find out. Any of that stuff, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people have to want to train. They, they need. They're going to have to want to invest in themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not all up to the company. Yeah. Um, there's no excuse for not training. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing a, a an online course at the moment yeah. through the University of Queensland. Yeah. I mean, it's a free course. Yeah. I mean, I can just Google and enrol and do that course. Yeah. And I mean, it's you know,
1: there's so much nowadays, isn't yeah, it? Online and. Was it Linda and a few others sort of like that yeah, that you yeah, can yeah. kind of join up to and they're, they're, they're yeah. there? One thing that we kind of discussed with a lot of our clients, we, we, we had an, another interview, Yana Matthews, Professor Yana Matthews, and it was interesting one of going there. We, we talk about... Um, Ideas, how the idea, it's not about the idea, it's about the execution of the idea. And so, if you're a startup, you've got to find a great idea and, and launch that idea. When you're an established business, and Clemens would be like that, or many, many of Clem's clients, or all of Clem's clients, would be uh, largely established businesses, how do you deal with like, filtering the ideas to find the ideas we're going to go with? Rather than the ideas we, we don't, and I'm not talking about ideas to maybe help the client's businesses. I'm talking about ideas that, to help, yeah, to yeah, help yeah, yeah. You, help your own business. I
0: think where you started with that that the there's one thing to have an, an idea, and it's the other thing to execute it. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. I mean, I, there are lots of ideas in businesses for things that we could do to improve the business, but the challenge is how do you execute it? Mm. And execution is harder. I mean, I. I bumped into um, Paul Thompson recently who used to run a stereo. Yeah. And, you know, he's a a wonderful man, Paul, and and, and he talked about the fact that, I'm sure he wouldn't mind me telling a story, that he was doing some consulting but um, he he got a bit frustrated because uh, as a consultant you can can help people come up with ideas but then you're powerless to be involved in the execution of the ideas and Mm. he found that really frustrating. And I... It kind of it, it, it rang a it kind of a a bell with me because I think that where agencies you know do fall down a bit to be honest and what we, I, well, I think probably most businesses do it's it's the it's the it's the rigor and the persistence and the determination and the focus and the the sort of drive that you need to be able to see ideas through to their execution Um and so there were, you know, you, we've all been to these mm. brainstorming sessions and planning sessions and off-day workshops and, you know, the the, the, the kind of, you know, this, uh, the, the, the sort of pads are full of notes and the, mm. the sticky notes over the, pro all those, we've all seen them, we've all been involved in them and you you come back and you write the plan and there are whatever it is, five or six or eight things you want to do and... Mm. You revisit the plan a, a year later, and I don't know, maybe you've done one or two, but a lot, you know, they sort of drop by the wayside. Now, sometimes they drop by the wayside because they weren't the right idea, but sometimes they drop by the wayside because there just wasn't the expertise or the will yeah, okay. to be able to execute.
1: Yeah. Is that just, is that project suitably skilled project management or people would be is. able to push through? I suppose
0: through it is. I mean, you know, agencies agencies exist to sort of service their clients. So we're always distracted by our clients, Mm. the need to work for our clients rather than to work for ourselves, And so, you know, downtime that is not chargeable, it's Mm. always kind of hard to justify. Um, And we haven't quite found the right model to be able to sort of, you know, extricate ourselves from that and, you know, invest in ourselves. Having said that, I mean, we've got a, a business in the Clemenger Group called CHE Proximity. It's totally reinvented itself over the last, you know, five to eight years, and it's a, it's a sort of an a, a, an absolutely astounding data led agency. It's the best agency in Australia now, and um, it, it's done that through an incredible kind of process and determination to reinvent itself. So it's yeah, possible. Okay. It's possible. Yeah, yeah. But it needs it needs a very strong vision, and it needs it needs relentless kind of pursuit of kind of what you need to do mm-hmm. to achieve that vision. And I suppose it also needs – it does need clarity. Mm-hmm. I mean, agencies are not – to be honest, we're not great at process and project management, really. Yeah. We, we, we're we still a bit of a cottage industry when it comes to that yeah. sort of stuff. I
1: would have thought that, it, that there are kind of clear processes with agencies oh, look, that you need to kind of work there through. It's probably look,
0: there, look, there are. There are. There are being a bit
1: – Probably more on an innovation side if the if, if, uh, – if the innovation doesn't oh, yeah. necessarily fit with that process, that can be a ca- challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would yeah have look, that.
0: there are, there are. I shouldn't, yeah. I, I shouldn't talk that down because I mean, I, I, I guess though that, um, I guess the sort of Clemager way is to always try and be a little bit modest about that and just try and let the work speak. But, but there are, there are those processes, of course, and uh, but it's not easy. It's not easy to execution of ideas, seeing ideas through to the end. It's not easy, people, mm. people. You know, people lose. You know, they lose concentration along yeah, the way, and yeah. you know, get distracted. And
1: what about le- leaving ideas on the table? So, yeah. the idea that there there are well, the idea that there are <laughs> ideas, but uh, we're in a time of almost like everybody's told you've got to come up with more ideas. So there's 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 thousands of ideas, and many of our clients they just have they have so many ideas. It's how do you? How do you filter them back? How well, do you think, filter them back so they fit with your vision? Or how do you yeah. filter them back so and being prepared to go, that's a great idea, but we're going to leave that on the table. We're going to let it go. And, sure.
0: I mean, I guess that comes back to really strong leadership and a yeah. clear vision, firstly, for where the business wants to go and therefore being able to assess the idea against that. I mean, for the work that agencies do for the clients, I mean, that's the great skill of the creative director mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, reasonably quickly...
1: Filter it down Filter
0: it down and and see a good idea but in the same context recognising a good idea for your business um, I just think I suppose it just comes back to the same thing being really clear about where you want to go Yeah Now look you could have a great idea and your vision could change because of that Mm -hmm. and I think that's okay too Yeah as long as you recognise that Yeah Often
1: oh, you'd see it as well in an agency world, but in, in, in the research we do, we we're, we're not involved in the implementation. That can be really frustrating. Yeah, we can go the, right, the, yeah. the idea's there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, the hot yeah. spot, but it's um yeah, I, I guess it's sort of it's understanding. Like innovation, when I get, like I'm going to take a, I'm going to pick on the banks but say, like, an organization like a bank, they go, bank, banks behave like banks, and the yeah. Royal, recent Banking Royal Commission came out and, and obviously criticized the banks for not being customer led, being profit led. Yeah. Um, how do you, in an organisation that has kind of set kind of ways of doing things and it's been historical and they're, they're talking a big innovation game, but by and large the cogs are move slowly and they've got investors and and, um, and other complications there. How can you... And they can, But they can see the writing on the wall that things are going to change. Over the next 10, 20 years, things are going to change. What's the way that they... What, what's the way organisations like that evolve? Do they do they just is it like um, evolving bits of their business is it about spinning out a different part of the business to might not yeah. be telling you thought about it. like in a Clems group it might be going well we can think, see people are not spending on TV do we what do we do do we start creating other 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 brands do we look out there to acquire like?
0: yeah I'd, look it's a good question I mean it, and it's also it's like when you look at the sort of I suppose the reputation of business in Australia and you think about our leaders and so forth it is it's a sort of a challenging time and it you know a time when you're you're kind of wishing for businesses to be better kind of leaders and you know and and do innovate their way forward um, i mean out of this mess basically, i mm. suppose I, I I don't know how like a bank you know with thirty thousand employees i mean that must be <laughs> that's a very different challenge to the businesses I've worked in that have got you know like fifty a hundred two hundred you know employees so I, I have no doubt that it's much more difficult for them mm. but but I imagine that it it comes back to the same thing of kind of really clear really clear articulated vision I mean you know s- s- sort of you know really kind of strong but but easily interpreted values and not too many of them mm-hmm. And and leadership from the top down. I mean, I guess everyone has to um, has to believe it. And I don't getting everyone going the same way. It's like it's really hard. Um, like you know, in a way, the more information you share, the more views you, the more views that you kind of um, and and the more you ask people for their views. I mean, I mean, the, the more difficult it is to sort of keep everyone on the same path. And uh, I, I don't. Feel like I'm qualified to really know how to answer that question. I mean, without thinking it through. I mean, I don't think it's easy, but mm. but I also don't think it's as hard as you know our our our, our, our current experience is kind of showing us. Mm. I mean, surely, surely some of the mistakes that businesses have made could have mm. been avoided. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's just
1: interesting when you get these humongously. Um, large and, and, and financial businesses that, like, they've got the dollars, they could they could do things differently, but it's, like, whether it's media, or whether it's banking, or there's, there's other sectors out there as well, where you're kind of going, well, they, they could, they, they could put the money into different things, but there's just, maybe it's a bit like a dinosaur that takes a long time for the idea to get from the brain down to the feet to move it, or, it's just, it's just complicated. It's just, it's just a difficult yeah. thing to to shift the direction, really. But as you're saying, it comes back to strong leadership and clear, yeah. clear values. And if it's not working, maybe the leadership needs to change. If, it, if the business is fundamentally yeah. not working and profitability is going down, or we're yeah. finding customers moving away, leadership needs to change.
0: Is yeah, that? I think so. And I, mean, I think that it is a bit of a challenge to when you, you know, if, if it's true that. 50% of the jobs that currently exist won't exist in mm. whatever it is 10 or 15 20 years time. I mean it's pretty difficult to to kind of plot a path towards the future. I mean do you want to be the first or do you want to do you want to be the do you want to be able to follow you know do you want to be a follower or a leader in that space mm. and like, there are risks, risks with both. Um, I mean how do you kind of foresee a future that None of us quite really understand at the moment. Mm. So, how far out does your vision need to be? I mean, how quickly do you need to adjust mm.
1: um, when there's uncertainty and we don't know what the future holds? Yeah, are yeah, yeah. Old, So,
0: there. I, I don't know. I mean, but it does, it does suggest that the leaders of the businesses might need to, perhaps, the sort of need to bring in new leadership or refresh and reinvigorate leadership. Bringing people with new skills is probably going to happen more frequently, mm. rather than less frequently, yeah. going forward, because as the environment changes, you know, people's skill sets are going to become become dated. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's almost leadership agility, isn't it? Yeah, really? I guess so. yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I
0: mean, all through is all that that whole issue. But um, yeah, I guess the funny—I th- mean, the thing for the a- advertising business—it gets a bit simple here because as complicated as it gets, you just. You take your lead for the consumer so you go back mm. to the consumer and you understand you know what media they're consuming and what they're responding to and then you you know you you place your efforts in those spaces mm. so you know advertising can always be consumer-led but i guess businesses that um uh are, you know that have to lead the consumers i well yeah, yeah right. i mean it's, it's a bit more challenging i guess <laughs> that's right
1: and that assumption that the most profitable way to run a business is to be consumer-led, isn't always the way. I guess that's no, sort of, from no. a banking side. They're going, they're, 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 what no, I, exactly. They were saying the salespeople were the the, the, the yeah, the sales people were selling and or were advisors and, and the advisors were selling. So it was all blurred. and yeah. It was all about profit, and the customer kind of lost yeah. out. So, which is well, hopefully, or um, highlighting that the customers had choice and the and empowers customers if you're not happy to go somewhere else and, and move. Um, when get, sorry, no. I think it's
0: right, and I think I think, look, if a you know, if, if a bank says that um, it's all about its customer, I, I mean, it really is that. I mean, is that credible? Does anyone seriously mm. well, believe that? That's what NAB that? said a
1: few years ago, and then they, they but, look, they did. Got the biggest um, kick. They well, that did. That's a Clems campaign. to so be, be a bit careful careful there, yeah. it was a
0: claimsy campaign. But I mean, it was. Um, Look, it's, I, what I, I guess what I'm saying is if if you say it, you need to mean it. Mm. And it's, it's never been any different in Adelaide in, in, in advertising, I think. Funny. It, if you say it, you need to mean it. Mm. I mean, advertising's not going to make up for uh, a deficiency or, a, you know, like if it doesn't exist, I mean, it's, you're soon going to be mm. discovered. So it's got to be true. Yeah. Um, and so if you… And,
1: and the team that… The, the team that um are, are making that statement in the advertising, whether it's the agency or whether it's the, yeah. the marketing team and otherwise, they they, they likely believe it, yeah, or, they're, yeah. it's, or they're likely that's that's kind of in their heart. Yeah. So it's just more as it filters through the organisation, it might not necessarily yeah. align with reality. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've seen that documentary on Netflix about the fire festival. Yeah, in the US. I have. I've I mean, got a
1: little bit to watch still, but yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, a fantastic. You know, like it's a festival that was a disaster, but I mean, it was all. It sold out through social through through social media influences and and I guess when all those people posted what they posted about the festival they believed it was it was true that they yeah. believed that that's what the festival was going to be, but I mean it wasn't and mm. um, it's just a sort of a simple little of ex- example of kind of like you know I mean it's like and it, which gets more difficult in this age of sort of influences and in social media like. How do you know it's true? Mm. Right? Yeah.
1: What makes a strong leader? And we've start, we've mentioned leadership as a, a little bit as we've gone through and identifying strong leaders coming into the company. But yeah. and you've been a strong leader, or you are a strong leader. You Talk about mentoring. What what? What is your observation about what makes a strong leader?
0: I think it's 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 vision, it's empathy, and it's consistency. I mean, I think the so vision,
1: uh, empathy, and consistency. Yeah, yeah, I
0: think a vision for. I mean, clarity about the business, like. What do we believe in? What are we, where are we going? Does everyone understand? You know, does it make sense? Empathy, Um, so understand each individual person's, you know, uh, where they sit in the business, what they're bringing to the business, what they're doing with the business, how they're feeling about their job. Um, what their own challenges and problems and difficulties are, I mean, rewarding them when they... um, Emotionally rewarding them when they do well and empathising with them when they don't and, you know, making sure that, you know, you've got the right team. And then consistency. I mean, I I seriously think that the, the biggest probably fault of leaders... Is not doing what they say they're going to do, and I've been guilty of it. I mean, you people ask you something, and you say I'll do this. Well, if you say you'll do it, and you and you do do it, that's impressive.
1: Mm-hmm. If
0: you say, if I say, look, I'll make it. I'll call that person, and I'll ring you back tomorrow. And you call that person, and you ring that person back tomorrow. That's impressive. Yeah, and always. Doing what you say you are going to do, um, rather than, you know, uh, I don't know, like saying yes or answering an email or not answering. You know, I mean, just mm. just not being consistent. Um, and it's not easy because there are lots of there are lots of people who are kind of wanting time out of the leaders, but. But being consistent. Yeah. Okay. It's a great so, thing. So
1: making those hard decisions it's yeah. being consistent and showing sure, sure. I mean, empathy. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. If
0: it's yeah, yeah. I mean if that yeah. of course I mean hard decisions yeah need to be made and all of that, but but it's just do do what you say you're gonna do. Yeah. So that people can trust you.
1: Yeah, okay. And yeah. they'll follow you. Because that's what you expect and of your team to do and Yeah, yeah. and they'll yeah. believe
0: you and they'll follow yeah. you and they'll even if they don't necessarily agree with yeah. you. I mean they'll they'll at least know know, you know. Yeah.
1: yeah. Do you see, um, over your time in advertising and marketing, uh, I, I, we've talked about some things that are, I, I guess, opportunities moving forward. we talk about tech having more of an influence and, and data having more of an influence. Areas where you're a little bit sad that we've gone down that route and or whether it's in marketing and advertising or whether it's just as a society that things have changed not for the positive? I just...
0: I... The thing that makes me a little sad is just how much bad advertising there is and I kind of feel like it's worse than ever rather than getting better and I don't really understand it because it's so expensive advertising and yet so much of it is clearly wasted is mm. ineffective and i mean it 's really it's it's whatever there is that 's been at i can 't remember what the number is, is it five billion dollars a year or something in Australia, but you know like what what other industry would be able to waste four billion dollars and mm-hmm. get away with it um, it's just it's it, it is an embarrassment that there is so much poor advertising and look i you know i is not responsible for much bad advertising to you know i mean mm-hmm. we are Cleminger was a company that always believed in the power of creativity and would fight for that and stand up for that. Not everything they did was great, and they would be the first to admit that. But but it's just that there's so, there's so much better, and there's so much confusion. There's so much client confusion about where does my message now need to be? Like, you know, what is the role of social media? What is the role of my own media, what is the role of mass media, what is the role of digital, what is the role of television, what's the role of print, you know, what's the role, etc. And it just, so it's a mess, it's it's a difficult landscape for any client to navigate, and they're not particularly trusting of the advice that they're getting, mm-hmm. and uh, and so, and you know, I mean, the, 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 there's no, the barrier to entry in advertising is so low, anyone can make an ad, so you know, there's lots, of, there's lots of people giving bad advice and that advice is unfortunately mm-hmm, being mm-hmm. accepted and there's bad work being made. So we have this sort of, this just, I don't know. I mean, I don't know <laughs> the last time you sat down to watch uh, a movie on free-to-air television yeah. without recording it. But mm. um, I, we were away on holidays with the family at Christmas time and we sat down to watch Christmas Vacation and, you know, it's, it's, it's agony. I mean, yeah. you know, when there are just seven or eight hideous commercials all about a Boxing Day sale, um, all in the one commercial break, and you just, you just can't stay with it. I mean, mm. it, it, it pushes you away. Um, I mean, obviously, with, with live sport, where you've got the need to watch the program live, and you've got short commercial breaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think advertising is yeah. pretty, you know is at is, is at its best in those sorts of environments. Um, but the challenge is to I don't know is to sort of make it better. I don't know. Like I, I wish there could be half as much advertising tomorrow, yeah. and it could all be twice as good.
1: Yeah. Is that you talked about the low low um, barriers to entry? But obviously, clients are there are some clients choosing to go to agencies doing shit work. And, yeah, and, uh, I know, yeah, that's and, right. And, 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 and is that, is that a, a lack of understanding of what good and bad actually equals or going, yeah. oh, that seems expensive to do it properly yeah, and we'll still yeah, get a good, a, okay, might not be perfect, but we'll get an okay outcome yeah. doing it pretty ordinary?
0: Yeah, I think it's it's kind of, it's probably, it's probably a habit that they're in. I mean, it's <laughs> this mysterious view that, You just make a bad ad and just keep running it and it'll get Mm. better. Well, it doesn't, of course, get any better. It doesn't matter how many times you run it. And uh, it sort of just gets worse, really. And so it's a bit of a mystery mystery to me why. But they don't want to pay. They're suspicious about paying, uh, you know, a good agency for, you know, for high-quality work. And I guess agencies share a bit of the responsibility for that problem because, there's probably too many times in the past that agencies have let clients down or overpromised and under-delivered or for whatever reason, you know, produced work that, um, you know, has left a kind of a bad feeling mm. with the clients. So, you know, I'm not saying that agencies aren't part of the problem, but, I mean, it, it, it's funny that, um, I mean, I suspect those companies are paying, they're probably paying their finance director, you know, three hundred thousand dollars a year, and their marketing manager, one hundred and twenty thousand yeah, dollars a year. Yeah, okay. And I, I just, I just don't, I don't quite understand why they wouldn't see the opportunity to, mm. yeah, to to use it for the for the powerful kind of uh, ally it can be.
1: Yeah. And a lot of, I guess, your concern is that it just clogs up the airwaves with. Shitty advertising that reduces the reputation yeah. of advertising on an yeah. overall yeah. level, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah correct. Yeah.
0: It's um, yeah, it's just. I mean, if it was all great, you'd happily sit through it. Yeah, and yeah. Um, uh, I, and yeah. he,
1: but do you think that's changed? Do you think that it's yeah, getting probably. worse? You see, that it's but getting worse and worse. I think, it worse. Yeah, okay. I think it's.
0: Yeah. I think it's also changed. I mean, I think people don't. They know they don't need to sit through it now, so yeah. Okay. So,
1: so the quality of advertising has got lower, yeah.
0: And, and, and the yeah. ability to ignore it's yeah, become okay. easier. So, so, so then you know, we, they ignore all of it, I, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So yeah. you know, we can make up our mind within a a millisecond mm. uh, whether we want to engage with that message or ignore it. And of course, we have to because mm. you know if we're going to see five thousand advertisements today, we don't have the capacity to absorb that, so we might only want to we might only be interested in three or four of them. So the the brain has a way of being able to very, very quickly, you know, in a, yeah. in a speck of time, be able to sort of determine whether you're engaged or not.
1: Yeah. What's another little bit of sadness about things, things changing?
0: Um, I guess... Um, well, I suppose going back to the, the the whole kind of issue of the more transient nation... Uh, nature of staff. I mean, it's the camaraderie and the and, mm. and the sort of. Uh, I, I don't know. The, the
1: so you've seen a, a really a very clear trend towards. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a trend that I don't see it changing. Yeah. And, okay. Um, and so I mean, um, I I I don't know where. I mean, I get those people will still, you know, they'll have their war stories to tell. They'll just be. There'll be other stories. I mean, mm, mm. but I mean, for me, um, you know, my all my closest friends are people I worked with, and you know, and and you know, they, you spend so much time spend there, so don't much you? Time yeah, yeah. And uh, and you know, we don't get together and talk about that, but it's there. Um, you know, it forms the sort of foundation of our relationship, and mm. um, so I was fortunate to work with people at a time when you know we kind of we just spent all that time together and. Uh, and and came out of it, came out of it, still liking each other. Yeah. So, so you know, I, uh, that's different. Um, but you know, um, something will replace that. I guess. What yeah. about
1: like freelancing? The trend towards freelancing. Yeah, well,
0: freelancing. yeah. I mean, like, people, the, there are more and more people who want to freelance. They want to do project mm. work. Mm. And they want to freelance, and, and it could be good too. It could be good yeah. for the business to bring freelancers in, and that's fresh perspective and fresh, you know, it's new oxygen and. People that have that, that aren't bound up by all of the problems in the business. They can just get on with their job and so having freelancers in and out of the business could you know can be a really good thing. Um, particularly if you've got ones that you you sort of know and you trust and mm. uh, you've worked with before and
1: It's almost having those freelancers as being part of the team and yeah, yeah, just yeah. yeah, it's just a different employment structure really, yeah, isn't it? But yeah. some people do want
0: they just want that freedom now to yeah. be able to to, to not be bound by you know because they come in and they, it might be a project that's long hours for I don't know three or four weeks and then at the end of that they want a week off or they want mm. to go to Byron Bay and go to Blues Fest and yeah. do stuff so they don't you know they don't, that's and that's the, that's the the way they choose to do it and, and look good on them I mean that's that's fine mm. um, it's so yeah I think definitely you know for good freelancers absolutely yeah
1: I um, I will touch on it just briefly before we kind of bring the conflash the to the end. But sort of, you're involved in Australian dance theatre. Yeah. So what, what's yep. your what's the, what's how's that all progressing and sort of the role well, of the arts and, well, the, and well, dance you know, it's and It's
0: interesting. I mean, I because having spent my life in advertising, which yeah. is commercial creativity, I've been involved with the Australian Dance Theatre for ten years. So Australian Dance Theatre is a contemporary dance company. So it's uh you know it's a little bit out there. Um, in in terms of creativity and that but it's creativity for the sake of creativity. I mean obviously they still they still want to attract an audience of Mm -hmm. course, but it's it's pure creativity rather than commercial creativity. So it's a sort of a it's 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 in some ways it's refreshing and stimulating Mm. and invigorating and uh uh and really interesting to be involved in the company. I mean I don't myself um I don't have a great appreciation for contemporary dance, but but I have an enormous appreciation for the people that do it and the artistic director and the dancers. And uh, and when I sit down and talk to the artistic director and you know and, and try and sort of get inside his head, uh, like he's in a creatively amazing space. I mean, mm. he's a he's a, he's a you know an incredible creative talent, but he's an artist, so it's different.
1: So how does creativity in and- in an agency ad agency context versus creativity in an arts company context how does it differ?
0: Well creativity in an arts company it, there is no there is no brief there's no, there's no um, prescribed commercial outcome other than you know obviously an audience uh, acceptance and, and, and sort of um, and critical acceptance. but I mean the, their ideas come you know from within. And and uh, and from the and from the art form, whereas in advertising, the ideas are formed for a commercial outcome uh, t- to address a brief. So, look in the middle of that, there is still a, a similarity in creative, you know, in, in the sort of genius of creativity and so forth. But but it's different. Um, I mean, the arts. Uh, it's. I mean, you know, we. You know, I guess it's 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 a whole other hour discussion about the importance of the arts and uh, and the meaning of the arts. But it's, um, uh, I, I mean, it's it's just it, it's that it's that part of us that um, that that none of us can necessarily afford, but financially, but we can we can't afford to do without it mm-hmm. emotionally. You know, I mean, it's like you know we need the arts. I yeah. mean, it's, they're so uplifting and. Uh, uh, and inspiring and, and it's
1: that part of the culture and, yeah, yeah yeah it's
0: yeah. i mean i haven't done a particularly good job of sort of describing that but it's a it's a, it's a completely different it serves a completely different purpose mm. it's about our culture yeah, yeah. and it's about who we are i mean I, there is this new sort of brand australia mm. project that i read about last week um, so australia is sort of developing a brand and you know, because the perception of Australia internationally would not be for our arts, but um, you know, the arts could could indeed form part of that, mm-hmm. and uh, and the responsibility that we that all of the arts organisations have to reflect Australian cultures mm-hmm. through what they do. I mean, that's I mean, the arts is a way in which Australia could tell its story, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: To me, the arts is it uh, like sports about physical activity and the entertainment that comes with sport. The answer to me is about innovation and creativity yeah. and and just it's, it's those things that kind of don't matter and yeah, but they correct. do actually matter and yeah, if we yeah. took them away it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. almost like when you get to academia yeah. or, or science when you go well yeah. um, I, I, I get the fear sometimes with government funding and if we can unless we can prove there are jobs in it we don't want to fund it but these pieces of puzzles that come together. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that, right. That you don't know where the the, the the next innovation will come from. No, and that's like that right. Could be the art. So, yeah, 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 yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: We started off with you as a young boy by the beach with with your siblings. Yeah. Uh, to finish off, like what? And we had some. We've touched on sort of the transient nature of people moving forward, um, or, or yeah, how that's changing in terms of how people work. What would you suggest for young people? entering the workforce now? Well, what, what, what are your suggestions moving forward of how to have a successful life, successful career?
0: Yeah, okay. So, I mean, go into it with, with, with the attitude that um, if you work really hard and you do the right thing, that you will give yourself every opportunity to succeed so I mean, be a little bit patient. Um, don't be in so much of a hurry that you, you you start a job and leave it before you had time to be noticed. <coughs> but put your hand up, offer to offer to go the extra mile. You know when they when you know when when someone needs to be there late. Um, you know, offer to be part of that. Um, when there are when there are projects that require you know extra time be willing to do that um so you know just be one of the people that everyone else wants to work with um be a be a radiator you know be part of the team that that makes it easier for everyone else to do their job mm. and and you'll be discovered yeah you, know, you just be the one that everyone else wants in their team mm. and it might not, you know, you might not get there in six months or twelve months. So take eighteen months or take two years. I mean so just be a little bit patient, um, and you will be noticed mm. and you you will be able to make your mark. Now, even the process you figure out you're in the wrong place or the wrong job. Well of course get out. But I mean
1: So how do you know when it's the wrong job? I don't know. Yeah, I mean yeah. I guess
0: you'll you'll sense you won't necessarily things know, aren't getting small, better or anything, un- but yeah. But I mean, if you're that unhappy. Yeah. And you can't see yourself doing it forever or, you, you know, you, whatever. I mean, but I think…
1: But don't be impatient.
0: No, yeah. don't, don't be so impatient. One, don't be so impatient. And two, just set about being the one that everyone else wants to work with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, and, and it, I, look, I suppose also to touch on the training thing, don't expect the company to necessarily train you. Invest in yourself. So go online, read… Study, um, be curious. You know, just just you know, you you know, look for knowledge and absorb it around. You know, like from from other areas because you can do that, mm-hmm. and uh, and it'll it'll add up. It'll you know. I mean, you just you want to obviously you want to enjoy what you do, um, but but I put it to you: if you do those things, you will enjoy it more mm. uh, because you'll be. I, I think it's a much more rewarding, it, it's more rewarding, rather than go in there with a the view that it's a step towards what I'm going to do next, Yeah, go in there with a the view that you're going to do the very best you can while you're there, and uh, and surely that's a more rewarding way to approach every day going to work.
1: Yeah. So, you're retired now? Well, oh, I've no. got a few little things I'm the doing. Little, it, I've, yeah,
0: yeah, I've got a list of, um, I've got a list, I haven't got a plan, but I've I'm doing a bit of stuff, and uh, with a couple of friends, and we've got a business we're involved in, and I've got this arts, the, you know, the Australian Dance Theatre, and uh, we're doing a lot of travel and stuff. So, I mean, I'll see. I mean, whether
1: you, you've tra- you, you seem to travel a lot, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Where yeah, have yeah. you travel we, to and Well,
0: we'd, uh, we've been travelling um, mainly to Europe, um, yeah. and uh, just for, for for various different reasons, because friends are there, or there are things on there that we particularly want to do. So uh, this year we're back, we're going to Greece and France and then we're going to go to Ireland and Scotland. And what the do you north.
1: get out of travel? What what, what what do you enjoy about travel?
0: Uh I, I think, I just think it's, um, you, you've you got, when you're there, you're on I mean, it's, it's weird this, but even though I'm retired, holidays are still holidays. So when you travel... You're actually on holiday, so mm-hmm. you've got permission not to be thinking about other things or yeah. working. So you have the freedom that comes with that. And of course then you've got the great, you know, you've got the sort of cultural and uh, stimulation that you get from travelling, and you've got the enjoyment of being with friends and, you know, of all of the sort of indulgences of travel, I guess, um, which is just, I think it's just, yeah, it's good for the soul. But I mean... And look, you know, I'm 66, and my wife's, you know, similar age, and we want to do it while we can. Yeah, we want to just travel while we're fit enough, and uh, and we're able to sort of enjoy that. And it won't be forever, but um, we're in a fortunate position that we can make travel a significant part of our life for the next little while, and uh, so we'll do that. Yeah, okay. You've got a blog. I've got a blog. Yeah, I've got a blog. Uh, Yeah. So what? What? What what are you doing on your blog? So the blog is. it's then what blog? So then what blog? Uh, so it's a blog about retirement. Yeah. So I, I, set myself the challenge of just writing a blog for one the first year of retirement, yeah. and see what happened after that. And I actually mainly did it as a discipline for myself to try and process the cha- You know what was going on in my mind about you know when you retire. This sort of
1: what are the, the some the of the key insights you're, like, oh,
0: it's taking. Been, um, it's been an easier transition than I imagined. In some ways, initially, it was kind of quite weird. But um, I think um, you've got to, uh, um, I think you still you know, differentiate between weekdays and weekends. Um, just, you know, make make yourself busy. Um, I, I mean, you know, use the time that you've got to do things rather than, you know, waste it. Um and um, and just yeah, sort of embrace it, I guess. Um, and look, my mind's open to whatever will happen in the future. But uh, and I and I'm not doing all of those things I've just rattled off perfectly yet either. But um, but you know, it's um, at the moment as we're adjusting to this, it's 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 pretty good. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. All Thanks, right, Kim. That was mate, great. Absolute yeah, pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.
1: To comment on today's show, do so via Square Holes or myself on Twitter or your favourite social media. You can find me at Jason Dunstone. For more on today's show, other episodes and articles on all things human-centred, customer-focused, innovation and entrepreneurship, go to squareholes.com forward slash blog. Thank you for listening. Uru.